Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. <clears throat> Let's read it together, pausing briefly at the punctuation marks. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the Word of God says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this powerful verse. It has literally saved nations. It has been a guiding light for Christians through the years and in this, these crazy days. It once again shines through all the chaos and confusion and shows us the path forward. And so I pray that we'd be interested in revival, we'd pray for it, we'd pay the price for it, that it would be on our hearts and minds, and that if it be your will and your grace and your mercy, that you would grant us revival, personal revival in our own hearts, our own homes, our own church. But Lord, revival that goes throughout the region, the nation, and even the world, so that more people can get saved and give you the glory you deserve. Pray you give me the words to say and us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> uh, what a powerful verse. Second uh, Chronicles 7.14. I'm not going to take a lot of time and give you background. Uh, because we had the Lord's Supper and we spent a good amount of time on that, uh, I'm going to keep this message on the shorter side, but still will, by the grace of God, be potent and thought-provoking, convicting. I think all of us know that our country's in trouble. It doesn't take a brain surgeon or someone with a PhD in social studies to figure out that our our nation, our culture is just being ripped apart at the seams. Uh, and nation has been a light. This is one thing that breaks my heart is children aren't taught that nowadays. America has been a light for good throughout history. Uh, and if America falls, then tyranny and all the terrible isms are going to spread like wildfire. And America is in the process of falling. America is committing suicide with all of these terrible decisions and the leaders and such. People say, well, God's going to judge America. I submit to you that God is already judging America. That's right. And I won't take time tonight to detail all the reasons how or why. But if you've been alive for longer than 30, 40 years, you see that America is not the place it once was. In every category that can be measured. The good news is, is that when God decides what to do with the nation, he doesn't look at the capital city. He doesn't look at the president or emperor. That's right. He looks to his people. 
Christians. The Bible says in the New Testament that judgment must begin at the house of God. That's right. Uh, and here we find in this verse God giving a plan of salvation for a nation. But it's also a plan of revival. I've been saying for the last several years, people ask me about what do I think is going on? How do I think this is going to end up? Uh, and I tell people kind of sad but jokingly that we're circling the drain. You know, if the sink's full and you pull the plug, that last little bit you see it kind of swirling around. Uh, and I believe either God will send a revival where people get saved and there's another great awakening, if you will, in America and God comes back to the forefront of people's minds, people get saved in droves. I believe we're going to have revival or God's going to shut the door on this age and we're going to go into the great tribulation. Uh, I believe the trumpet's going to sound, the Antichrist will be revealed, and that seven-year clock starts ticking, and it's going to be bad news. Well, God has a way of bringing good out of bad, and even during the tribulation, the Bible says more people will be saved than can be numbered. And so even in the midst of the, the worst uh, years in the history of the planet, God's going to glorify himself. The first three and a half years, of course, the Antichrist will bring a fake peace, consolidate everybody, and then kill everybody that matters who's not for him. The last three and a half years will literally be hell on earth. Um, and you see a lot, a lot happening with that, this idea of digital currency. Imagine if they can just turn your bank account off if you don't tow the line. That's right. Uh, that happened in Canada. Imagine if you're driving a car that they can geolocate. They know exactly where you are at uh -huh. any given moment. All the new cars, most of them have GPS systems. Every electric car has a GPS system. Oh, imagine also a world that you can't travel more than 300 miles without a, a fill-up. And they have the ability to turn your car off and not, you won't be able to start it by flipping a switch. You know, if they can turn your car on from somewhere far away, they can turn your car off from somewhere far away. People buying up water rights and uh, modified seeds. Uh, farmers have to buy their own seed corn every year. They can't even keep their own seed from their own harvest. Genetically modified seeds that are sterile and won't reproduce. I mean, the list goes on and on where you see Satan consolidating all of the powers that be, the one world government, the, the cashless society, all of these things, consolidating power in every way that matters. And I mean, we're either going to have revival or it's going to go into full end times. We've been in the end times, the last days, since the days of Christ. The Bible makes a distinction, last days versus the end. Uh, and... We're either going to have revival or it's going to be the end. And one of these days that trumpet's going to sound, and if you're born again, we get to go up and be with the Lord Amen. into heaven. 
Hallelujah. And Dennis is excited about that. That is exciting, isn't it? I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> I know you can. And I, I love it. But what do we do for now? Uh, we need to be praying for revival. Amen. We need to be asking God to send revival. God's going to look at his people, but do you know most people that are called Christians are so infected and paralyzed by worldliness yes. that they're inconsequential for the cause of Christ. That's true. A lot of the churches that used to have the gospel don't have the gospel anymore. A lot of churches have bought into the, the wokeism and all of the other crazy stuff. I mean, if there's some crazy thing coming down the pike, they'll stick a banner in their yard for it. But there's people like you, there's churches like this, there's a remnant where God is saying, I'm looking at you to see what I'm going to do. You know, sometimes we feel like our votes don't matter. The political machine is going to do what it's going to do. Our our money doesn't matter. But your life does matter because God is looking at you to decide what he's going to do with America. And what right. he's going to do in, with his people. Come on, preacher. Come on. Now. I want to give you a simple thought tonight. <clears throat> a heart test. I just want to ask you some questions. A heart test to see if we're ready for revival. And these are probing questions. I won't get through all of them. These are probing questions to see if, if our hearts are truly ready for revival, if we even care about revival. Or if we're part of the problem. And God wants to send revival, I believe, but his people have to be ready for it and yearning for it. And in our text verse tonight, if my people, which are called by my name in this era, that's Christians, amen? Christians, little Christ, God's people, followers of Jesus, disciples of Christ, that's us. If my people, which are called by my name, and then the Bible outlines itself here and gives four things that we must do, and if we do these things, then God will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. I think you understand that America has some sins that need to be forgiven. And we've talked about how to pray for national sins and, and, and all of that, and you can probably find sermons online uh, from me about that. But I want to just apply this to our own personal hearts and see if we are following the admonition found in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 14 in the nine minutes I have left. The Bible says here, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. I want you to ask this question, am I humble? Am I humble? You say, how do I know if I'm humble? You better know if you're humble. You know, the Bible tells you to humble yourselves in the sight of God. You don't want God to have to humble you. He will, but you don't want him to. The biblical commandment in the New Testament is humble yourself. And that means you need to know whether you're humble or not. How do we do that? Uh, Consider, ask yourself these questions. How close to God am I right now? On a scale of 0 to 10, 0 being I'm I'm not close to him at all. Ten being, I I don't know how I could possibly be any closer to him. Where are you at on that scale? And have you ever been closer to him than you are now? 
Ask yourself this question, am I really concerned about revival? Am I willing to pay the price for revival? You know, humility speaks of surrender. Ask yourself this, am I willing to do what God wants me to do? Is there anything God could come to you and say, do this? And you'd say, oh, I'm not doing that. That's pride, friend. Is God first in my plans or is he an afterthought? Do I think too highly of myself? That's pride. But there's another form of pride. Do I think too lowly of myself? You know, sometimes people say, I'm good for nothing. I'm nobody. I'm I'm terrible. I don't have anything to offer. That's not what God says about you. That's pride. To make yourself the issue. One man said, pride's not thinking too much of yourself. Pride's not thinking of yourself at all. I mean, humility. Humility is not thinking of yourself at all. And I think that's a pretty good definition. Am I humble? Do I always need to be the center of attention? Do I deny myself daily to follow Christ? Have I asked God for help today? Do my hurt feelings keep me from serving God? Do I look down on others in my heart? Do I have pride in my heart? Am I willing to ask forgiveness from those whom I've wronged? Am I content with God's blessings in my life? Am I fully relying on God today? Am I filled with the Spirit? These are all questions that examine that idea. If we're going to humble ourselves, we need to examine ourselves to see if we're humble. The next section, do I pray? The Bible says, humble yourselves and pray. And we must ask ourselves these questions. Are we committing the prayer of uh, the sin of prayerlessness? You know, the Bible teaches that not praying is a sin. Do I have a set time to pray each day? Do I have a specific place to pray? Do I use a prayer list to guide my prayer time or do I just wing it? How much time do I spend in committed prayer each day? Do I pray for my enemies? Do I pray for the forgiveness of my sins? Do I pray for God to forgive the sins of others and those who have wronged me? Am I praying for God to forgive my nation? Am I praying for the leaders of my church, my community, my nation? Do I receive regular answers to prayer? These are all questions that make us examine the fact of, do we pray? Are we following the biblical admonition? Is is my heart ready for revival? We must humble ourselves and pray the next Part of the verse says, seek my face. Did you seek God's face today? Have I neglected the word of God? Do I desire the blessings of God? Am I willing to deny myself to please the Lord? Is it important to me what God thinks? Or do I just do what I want anyway? Do I seek God in my daily decisions? Do I seek God in my purchases, in my plans? Do I seek God's direction for my life? Do I pursue God as if my life depends upon it? Am I obeying God's word daily? Do I seek to show God I love Him by keeping His commandments? 
Do I long for God to smile at me because he's pleased with my life? Do I choose God over sinful pleasure? Do I seek God's face? This is a test of our heart. We must humble ourselves and pray and seek his face. And the last section says, and turn from their wicked ways. We live in a sinful world full of sinners. Here are some questions to see if we're turning from our wicked ways. Have I forgiven everyone? Or am I bitter? Is all the resentment out of my heart? Am I impatient? Am I irritable? Do I get offended easily? Do I get angry quickly? Do I hold grudges? Do I have enmity in my heart toward anyone? Have I been dishonest with God? We're talking about turning from our wicked ways. Have I broken any promise or pledge made to God, made to His church, made to my own family? We often bargain with God when we're in trouble, and I have the question here, since my emergency or crisis has passed, have I kept the promises I made to God? You know, sometimes we'll make promises when we're in trouble, and then as soon as the trouble's gone, we forget we made them. (coughs) Am I envious of anyone? Am I jealous? Am I dishonest with others? Do I lie? Am I too concerned about material things? Have I paid all my debts? Do I have anything in my possession that does not rightly belong to me? Well, these are probing questions, aren't they? And if you're willing and brave enough to ask them honestly, you get down into some deep places in the heart. Do I have any habit which I should forsake? Is there jealousy in my heart? Do I have sinful pride in my heart, stubbornness, selfishness, self-will? Have I wronged anyone and failed to make restitution? Is there anyone I need to apologize to? Is the reputation of others safe in my hands? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Is the reputation of others safe in my hands? Have I been a talebearer or gossip? Have I hurt someone or my church by needless talk about someone's faults? Even if it was true, did I glorify God by telling it? Did I pray for those involved? Is my heart honest and my mind clean before God? Are my thoughts pure? Am I faithful to my wedding vows in deed and in thought? 
Do I have any secret sins that I excuse but that I should forsake? Have I forgiven those that talk negatively about me, my family? Do I have the right attitude toward my fellow church members, toward my pastor, toward church leadership, toward God? Do I worry? Am I anxious about things outside of my control? Do I complain? Am I guilty of the sin of unbelief? Have I honestly tried to be a good witness for Christ? And we could just keep asking questions, but I think you get the idea. We all want revival to come as long as it doesn't cost us anything. We want God to work as long as it doesn't inconvenience us. And I'm saying that as Christians in these last days, God is looking to you and me to decide what he's going to do more than he's looking at Congress and the White House and the news and CEOs. I think we should try to be right with God just because it's a wonderful thing to be right with God. Peace and joy that comes from being right with Him. God wants to send revival, but revival will only come when we are prepared for it in heart and mind and action. I'll end with this. Revival always starts in the heart of one person. You can trace every revival that has ever swept through a region or a nation back to one meeting and often back to one person who had a legitimate desire and paid the price. And perhaps you could be the spark of spiritual flame in your church, in your family, even our nation. This is a heart test for revival. I ask you to look at this verse this week and consider these different areas and do your own test. Am I humble? Do I pray? Do I seek God's face? Do I turn from my wicked ways? And let's prepare for revival. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to come to your house tonight to have the Lord's Supper, to enjoy the fellowship and and hear from your word. And these are, these are challenging questions. It takes some courage to answer them honestly and to lay aside our own wants and desires for you and what's right. And I ask, Lord, that you'd forgive me of my sin, that you'd forgive us of our sin, that you would help us to be surrendered, submissive. And Lord, that if you were to look around the nation and try to find somebody that you would save the nation for, I pray that we would be that kind of people.